tell your friends the Mark and Max show is back and better than ever. LifeRadio.fm, the Mark and Max show, and uh, countdown to break time is here. I'm serious, Mark. <laughs> Checked out yesterday about uh, uh, 3 yeah. p.m. and I'm not here now. I'm I'm <laughs> physically, emotionally, psychologically, I'm yeah. gone. I'm I'm yeah. on vacation. Yeah, it happens. It happens. And with your schedule, so, I mean, it, you're. I, <laughs> here's the other Burton. Here's another Burton Ernie moment. We are not Burton oh, yeah. Ernie. We don't live together. Yeah. You know, it's just that it's that my schedule and your schedule are really different. And you stay you stay a lot busier than I do. And mm. I have to laugh about that because you'll ask me. Every morning, how how you doing? We busy, have a busy day yesterday, and I look at you like, "Are you crazy?" I don't ever have a busy day. <laughs> you, on the other hand, <laughs> man, I think I want to. I, I need to check out of life for a while. That's yeah. what it really is, mm-hmm. you know. I agree, and I think it it comes down to you. Just we don't take enough breaks. I think sometimes, mm. you know, it's like you've got it's kind of like on a, a baseball player on a hitting streak yeah you don't want to take a day off because hey i'm hitting i'm in a streak you know Woo-hoo. i don't want to sit yes. down i don't you know mm-hmm. and then you realize no matter how hard you work no matter how successful you are eventually there's going to be somebody that's going to come along that just doesn't like you <laughs> and the, your life then goes from being you know really good to not being really good and you had nothing to do with it so there you go yep <laughs> Yep, I'll just stay here and do the show with Mark and cut everything else off. <laughs> that's what vacations are for. I mean, it helps you push yourself away from the from the grind and help get your perspective back. You know, is that what it is? I think so. I can take away from my family then too. So can I go by myself <laughs> and still call it a vacation? <laughs> LifeRadio.fm, the Mark and Mac show, and. You know, every now and again, Mark, a story will pop up that you sent, and I think this is something that if I had a million guesses, would not have guessed as a story, okay? Yeah. Headline, George Clooney's infamous Batman and Robin suit up for auction. Mm -hmm. I thought thought George Clooney basically is the reason they ended that (laughs) series of Batman movies. Am I wrong? I think that's why it's infamous, (laughs) among other things. Yeah. Ah. The superhero costume worn by George Clooney in 1997's Batman and Robin is up for auction. It comes with a hyper-realistic Clooney mannequin to boot. Heritage Auctions said the Batsuit, made famous by the Joel Schumacher film, will be sold as part of its Hollywood and Entertainment Signature Auction, scheduled for July 22nd and 23rd, if you'd like to make plans to be there. The listing states the suit has been assembled on a life-size posable mannequin with hyper-realistic George Clooney head with prosthetic grade false eyes. That's not creepy at all. Um, no. Costume pieces include hero signature cowl, full-length superhero cape with two cape clips, muscle tunic with signature Batman icon on the chest, muscled tights, peaked and finned gauntlet gloves, and knee-high character boots, according to the listing for the items. Wow. Just wow. Yeah. You know, what What still gets me about that particular um, version of the batman series okay yeah that's the one okay that with george clooney was the one that began the series with michael keaton and then they went from keaton to val kilmer to clooney right i think so yeah 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 
And then um, and it kind of went away for, I don't know, eight years. And mm-hmm. then they had it with uh, Christian Bale. Right. Batman and, Begins. And then, yeah. yeah, then Ben Affleck. And right. I don't know what they've done now. Or the new one is the guy from Vampire Movies, right? Yeah, the, um, uh, uh, Robert Pattinson. And he's, okay, he's actually. And that's a different one. That's Yeah, they're, they're, it's like they're reinventing the story again. And yeah, okay. I saw that one and I wondered, wow, what does everybody see in this? Until I saw it. Right. And then I said, whoa, I understand okay. now. <laughs> Okay. All right. Really well, good. here's the deal. When you look at the like, the, George Clooney gets blamed, you know, for the Batman and Robin thing dying right, right then because right. it was Batman and Robin. Before it was just Batman. You know, you didn't have to deal with Robin. I blame Robin for all of it. But anyway, <laughs> the thing that gets me about it is that you look at the cast for that movie. Okay, it was huge in 1997. Oh you yeah. You know, when the movie came out, and it, it gets mocked now. Uh-huh. It really does. It constantly gets mocked, and yet. You're looking over the list of people, and you're talking about Arnold Schwarzenegger plays the bat, the bad guy, Mister Freeze. Mm-hmm. You've got Clooney, George Clooney as Batman. I mean, think about it. But four or five years later, Clooney is the biggest movie star in the world, and yet here he is as Batman. You know, mm-hmm. and he had just finished up doing ER. He was a he, he was big time. Yep. It was a big deal. It was. You got Chris O'Donnell, who was a decent actor at the time, but Uma Thurman mm-hmm. and Alicia Silverstone. You know. Yep. Uma Thurman played Poison Ivy, and Alicia Silverstone was Batgirl. Yep. These are some pretty big names at the time. Yeah, they are. They really are. It goes, and Eric Lloyd. You remember Eric Lloyd? The name rings a bell, but I can't put a face on it. He was the son in the uh, Tim Allen movie, The Santa Claus. Oh. He played young Bruce Wayne in that movie with uh, Batman. Yeah. In the flash. So anyway. Yeah. Yeah, I mean, a lot of big wow. names, and it and it yep. was a and I think it was a hit. It was a hit. People loved it. The critics hated it, of course. Of course they did because it yeah. was it was a piece of cheesy, you know, cheesy yeah. fluff. And and there were lots of comments about the Batman costume. They thought it was a little odd, mm-hmm. but yeah. Now, if okay. you want it, you can buy it. <laughs> well, I was just to give you a heads up. Okay, the movie worldwide grossed nearly two hundred forty million dollars. Okay, mm. back in nineteen ninety seven, money. That's so yeah. wow. 25 years ago. Mm-hmm. Holy free. Holy's Mark. We're old. Mm. Life radio FM. Mark and Mac show. And you know, a couple minutes ago talking about the Batman and Robin mm-hmm. thing. And you and I were talking about it off air as well. But, um, I saw this piece of trivia that George Clooney at one point called that movie yeah. a waste of money. Really? <laughs> Wow. Yeah, but he said he called it the biggest break he ever had, though. Yeah. You know, and if you think about it, think about George Clooney, Mark. I remember when he was on, um, oh, that show with all the girls. They got really big for a while. Um, I mean, they got the, the characters, the actors got big because they were going through their late teens. Mm. Um, the Facts of Life. Oh, he was on. Yeah, he was on that show yeah, as he, like their handyman or something. I think so. Yes. 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 And then he would and then he was on. um Roseanne he had a, a recurring role on Roseanne for a while mm-hmm. and it was like he goes to the 80s with those types of parts where you're thinking this guy you know at some point you know everybody the name Clooney because you remembered his it, Rosemary Clooney right and then all of a sudden he aged a good bit you know it's like mm-hmm. he aged he wasn't that cute little guy and he comes on as ER as this doctor yeah and boom you know he becomes a TV star yep he and so the TV then, heartthrob yeah 
Yeah. And if you remember back then, a TV star didn't automatically cross over into films. You know, they were, they were oftentimes in the seventies and eighties, mutually exclusive, you know, a TV actor was a TV actor, movie actor was a movie actor. And if a TV actor crossed over, it was for one movie, you know, a one-off usually. Right. But anyway, it's not like that anymore. You know, they bounce back and forth just because of how much it costs to make things now. Mm. But anyway, it was funny because Clooney called that movie the biggest break he ever had, but also the biggest waste of money, you know? <laughs> and so there you go. I just, that's funny. It's funny. I'm, I, and when I think back of that movie, I, I, I don't think about Clooney. I really don't. I think about Schwarzenegger because oh, it's Mr. Freeze. It's Mr. Okay. Freeze. That's what I think about <laughs> because it was so ridiculous. It was just, it was just a ludicrous, ridiculous movie, but everybody saw it, right? It made a lot of money <laughs> and How that funny. is success in the, in, in Hollywood world. You know, it, it was, a success. <laughs> the critics may have hated it. Everybody may yeah. have joked about it, but it made a lot of money. And isn't that how you judge things in Hollywood? I mean, it's like really the critics yeah. are all failed directors, writers, and actors. Those are your critics. Okay. Yeah. Yep. If you're such an expert at something, but all you can do is be critical and you yeah. get paid to be critical. Think about that, Mark. I know We're, because they're, they're not going to pay you and I to talk about how much fun we had watching a really bad movie. Uh huh. You know, exactly. But I mean, they'll pay us to knock a really expensive, bad movie. If I may quote a line from a movie, are you not entertained? I mean, (laughs) are you not entertained? (laughs) LifeRadio.fm, Mark and Mag Show. You know, Mark, um, you and I both are movie guys. We like movies. And it's interesting the number of Christian uh, artists, musicians, musicians in general, but because we're in a Christian format and spend a lot of time with the number of big Christian artists, which is kind of cool. Talk about your cool little sidebar to your life. You know, you realize, yeah. yeah. My phone is filled with a lot of these numbers, you know. <laughs> yes, exactly. I could yeah. call. Mm-hmm. Of course, you know, you call them one time at five in the morning asking for a favor. Yeah, can oh, you do my radio show? Yeah. You don't, they, they you get blocked, but mm, anyway. Yes, you do. But you, you'd find out that the best, the people you like the most, you know, the artists that you uh, connect with in Christian music, they are the people you think they are a mm-hmm. lot of the time. Yeah. And we get to share stories of on the road where, you know, they watch movies because yeah. they got to kill time. Yeah. I mean, Think about uh, the life of a working musician, even if you're a Christian musician. Now, granted, I think as a Christian artist, I hate calling them that because they're really ministers of music um, that entertain. And uh, and I guess the best way to put that is Christian artist mm-hmm. kind of defines them. But anyway, their life um, when they're out on tour promoting, a, you got to remember, it is a business. Yeah. And if the band doesn't go out on the road and promote their new material, well, it doesn't sell. And if it doesn't right. sell, yeah. They don't have a label deal and you're going, well, they don't need that. They can record it themselves and put it out online. You can, mm-hmm. but it, it's just the, a number of people who are going to find it, it gets lower and lower, the yeah. smaller and smaller your label is. And when yeah. the label is you, yeah, you and your family enjoy it. It mm-hmm. might be the greatest work ever done, but yeah, nobody's going to hear it. Right. Anyway, bottom line, when they're doing the tour thing, they're on a bus and driving from city to city. And all you do is look at the tour schedule, but don't look at it from, Hey, I might be able to catch them in Atlanta in Chattanooga, Charlotte, and New Orleans, all in the space of three months. Right. Don't look at it from that angle. Look at it from the angle of them, the the band members, and where what they're going to be doing. Right. Where they're going to be going. You know, they're going to be going from this city to that city and doing shows, which you know, they're it's just all day long yeah. driving somewhere. Yeah. You're in a bus to get yeah. out. 
Yeah. Yeah. Going somewhere. And so they end up, you know, riding around and uh, it's just crazy. You know, it, it really is. Well, so. And sometimes, sometimes the bus and the semi with all of their stage gear is on the road and they're, and they're, <clears throat> they're still in the last city, the, the lead singer or the band maybe in right. the last city doing radio doing tv depending they may they may have a hookup that has a they're in a, as part of a network right and they're gonna, so they're going to stay in this town and they're going to do interviews in this town because those interviews will go everywhere and their next gig in the ne- in the next town hundreds of miles away they're still sitting in studios talking to people while they're setting the stage up in this other town and they all hop on a plane and have to be there right that's something that right. happens, and the, the reason this comes to mind is because I was looking at uh, at, at Scott Dawson's uh, entries on Twitter over the last couple of days, and they just had their big thing that they do with the the uh, the Royals, the Cincinnati Royals, mm-hmm. and and, uh, and uh, Crowder was the headliner, and right. they didn't think he was go- it was going to happen because his flight got canceled. Now, oh wow, yeah, can, can you imagine what that's that's like? You know, this is, you know, that you, you are the headliner for a big event at a major league baseball station stadium. Right. And, and you're, and you, you're standing there at the airport and they tell you, yeah, this flight's been canceled for whatever reason. Holy smokes. Wow. (laughs) Yes. Life radio.fm, the Mark and Mac show. You know, on and off air, Mark, we've kind of had a superhero morning. It's one of those days, yeah. Yeah, (laughs) which really bad when, you know, when I can divert Mark into talking about stuff that has nothing to do with our life, it really cracks me up because I think about it later on. I'm like, man, I always wonder about those days. Like, at the end of the day, do you go, man, why did he do that to me? You know? Anyway. All right. We were just, we'd been talking about the Batman movies a while, a while ago, and and Christian Bale doing the reboot with Batman Begins, mm-hmm. the reboot right. before the current reboot. Actually, right. the reboot before the reboot before this current reboot. <laughs> Wait, a, how many times? Anyway, I was looking at this. I saw the 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 I saw the promos for this new Thor movie when they first right. started hitting, and the the bad guy, the evil guy who wants to kill off Thor and all of the other you know the the gods of the universe. Mm-hmm. It's just, just, just creepy, gray skin, yellow eyes, pointy teeth, black gums, just nasty looking creature. It's Christian Bale. I, <laughs> <laughs> wow. <laughs> How funny. I saw that and I saw, I saw who it was and thought, the, yikes, did he need a check? Um, well, yeah. You know, but wow. he's not the first guy that's done something like that. Yeah. Um, um, there was a bad guy in one of the other uh marvel universe movies yeah, the avengers um uh that that you never would have recognized that once i found out who it was i realized i'd seen every one of it i'd seen so many of his things on tv you know really yeah and now his name's escaping my oh christopher eccleston. really yeah christopher eccleston is his name he's a british actor but oh okay. he had been he had been <sighs> he was doctor who at one point and uh oh. we jane and i got into doctor who j- decades and decades ago and right. when they rebooted Doctor Who in 2005, Christopher Eccleston was the first Doctor. And oh, okay. Anyway, so we've seen. But see, him. I was wondering yeah. when they spend the huge money, like you were talking about yeah. with Christian Bale, and you didn't recognize him, you know, right? Because of the makeup, I like Josh Brolin in the yeah. Avengers, where he was the real yeah. bad guy. I'm like, yeah. 
how much money do you pay an actor, you know, when they're not recognizable, mm-hmm. you know, basically because you, I would, you're just renting his voice pretty much is what you do. Yeah. Yeah. And like, so you go do a voiceover, I mean, do a cartoon or whatever. I mean, that's fine. I mean, yeah. I just wonder about that sometimes yeah. because I don't, I just don't associate an actor who is so made up. You don't know who they are yeah. as you know, and maybe it's just me. I mean, just, I would think about the process too. You know, you get the pitch right. for the job. Are you interested in this? What's the part? Is it the bad guy in the next uh, Marvel movie? Oh, oh yeah, I would love to do that. Yeah, sure. Well, well, um, um, pretty much. They're never going to see your face. Really? Cool. How much do I get paid? <laughs> That's it. What's the pay? Right. <laughs> well, you know, Mark. One little sidebar. Okay, just. And then we'll put a bo- yeah, we'll put yeah, a top it. on this bottle. All right. Yeah. There's an actress in the TV show um, Yellowstone. You know the Kevin Costner mm-hmm. uh, yeah. thing on Paramount. Right. All right. This this show has been on for a couple of years. It's a western, and it has really it's the latest cable television show to really be huge. Right. Right. And there's an actress that's been on the show. Um, she's 32, and I can't pronounce her name. Uh, Corianka. I mean Q. O-R-I-A-N-K-A, and there's, anyway. So, yeah, thank you. (laughs) Anyway, she's an actress who's been on the show. And yet, here's the deal. This is what the first line of the story says, okay? You ready? An actress from the hit TV show Yellowstone has been charged with two felonies. Oh, great. After allegedly collecting $9,000 through a workers' compensation fraud, even though... She was still able to work. Um, She got hit for two of them because she hit workers' comp insurance uh, after she picked up $96,838 in temporary disability benefits between 2019 and 2021. Wow. Yeah. Now, according to the department, they said that she collected the funds for several months while while she was working on Yellowstone. So she's got a paying gig. Okay. She's working on set. And she is collecting these benefits. Now, she was in four episodes that aired in 2020. And again, I haven't seen the show. I want to. I just haven't seen it yet. And uh, I'm going to, though. It's I was going to pick up Paramount Plus so I could see a couple other shows. Yeah. And but one of my reasons was Yellowstone. And then I found out that Yellowstone isn't on Paramount Plus. It's just on the regular Paramount. And so I got confused and said, I'm done. My nose started bleeding. I said, I'll just stop. But anyway, so. There's a. It's just funny, you know. Actors actors spend a lot more time looking for work than mm. they do actually working. Yeah. And so anyway, it's going to be interesting how this pilot comes out because I don't know. They don't actually say because it's personal why she was you know on disability. Right. But it seems like she would be on disability till she got an acting gig. Yeah. And then she would not get. She didn't like get them while she was actually on set kind of thing. You know. She would then not get them for a couple of weeks and then go back on them. That's that's weird. Yeah, that's so, weird. It'd be really. like your like your average guy that works down at the loading dock. Um, yep. He's in between jobs, so he goes and apply. Instead of applying for unemployment, he goes in and applies for disability. Right, and then he gets another job and gets off the disability. Eventually, that's going to catch up with him, and he's going to hear. Yeah, he's going to be in jail. <laughs> you know. Uh, 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 yeah, there you go. liferadio.fm the mark and mac show and um you know mark there are so many ways to go um on on any given day on how you're going to spend your day you can get up in a mood and you know i do this sometimes i talk about it some days i wake up in a bad mood i just 
there's no reason. Nobody's <laughs> done anything to me. I just wake up and it's like, <laughs> there will be weeping and gnashing of teeth today, you know? <laughs> but I have to stop myself and, you know, back up and regroup and go, okay, nobody did anything, Dave. It's on right. you. Just have some coffee. So when and I take see it, it easy. Yeah. Exactly. That's yeah. why I actually try to live a long way from work or get up really early, you know? Anyway, so when I see a headline that says, Escaped Sheep gets a lift home in the back of a police cruiser, I'm thinking, I just need to go back to bed, Mark, because this ain't right. An escaped sheep that wandered into, onto a main residence property got a lift back home in the back of a police cruiser. The Old Town Police Department said in a Facebook post that a sergeant and deputy chief responded to a report of a loose sheep on a resident's property in Old Town. The officers were able to wrangle the sheep and coax it into climbing into the back seat of a police cruiser. I can't. I'm sorry. Wow. The deputy chief chief lives on a farm and has extensive experience. The deputy chief. The deputy chief <laughs> sheep uh, lives on a farm and has extensive experience handling farm animals. The post said. Uh, the department says after a brief stroll around the neighborhood, they were able to locate the sheep's home and return him to his owner. Wow. Meanwhile, the, the chief is filing a complaint about the smell of the backseat of the police cruiser. <laughs> you know. <laughs> Yeah, he's not a happy sheep. <laughs> LifeRadio.fm, the Mark and Max show, cruising along, singing this song mm-hmm. side by side. <laughs> All right, Mark. Back in the day, I don't know if you remember this, but I had one of those moments, and I'm trying to remember exactly when it was. But I, I remember that Andrew, my oldest son, was in fifth grade, and. I decided that it would be nice for him to get to know my brother, my his uncle Mike. Yeah. And the fact that, you know, you and I, we live here in Alabama, and my brother lives up in uh, Maryland. I thought, you know, this isn't something easily done. Right. So what we did is we decided, I, and the reason I did this was real simple. Um, there are certain times in your life where you realize, you know, a, you're not going to be here forever. And what if, you know, and I just had that what if moment. What if I were to pass away? And, you know, I would need my brother to step up and help because, you know, the kids were young. Anyway, I wanted my uh, my son, Andrew, to know his first cousin, Nate, who was there the same age. And I thought it was a good idea. So, yeah, I arranged over Thanksgiving for Andrew to go up to Maryland and go deer hunting and just spend the holiday with my brother. And by the way, it was a great decision. He had a great time. And that one week with his uncle Mike and his uh net and his cousin Nate has you know been a lifelong thing for him and I'm glad I did it yeah but he was in fifth grade okay mm-hmm. and I drove him to Atlanta because that was the best uh, plane flight cost at the time and I get him on the plane and you know you have uh, an escort that you know with children under a certain age and they will be escorted by an employee of the airline from one point to the other so when you hand them off you know that there will be an adult with your child the whole time, Mm -hmm. you know, from point A to point B until they are hand delivered into the arms of your other adult on the other end. Right. I will never forget Mark. As I drove home on I 20, I was cool with everything. I thought this is a great idea. I'm on my way back to Alabama. I'm on I 20. I'm in Georgia and I see a plane flying overhead. I'm like, ah, that could be Andrew's plane. And then it hit me. If something happens, I'm not with him. Hmm. If something happens to that plane, I'm not with him. 
and I freaked. I had to pull off the side of the road. Oh I lost it. Wow. I did. I it, worst parent ever. I cannot believe I did this. You know, I put my child and I, even now I get emotional about that feeling. It really did hurt, hurt wow. my heart yeah. to think that if something happened to him, I wasn't there. So anyway, it all worked out. Okay. Obviously, or, yeah, you know, yeah, yeah. Be, you know, I, because if it hadn't, I would be, you know, really rich, still depressed, but I'd be really rich. <laughs> and so anyway, when I saw, <laughs> I saw this story of the you? Georgia mom. <laughs> yes. And her twelve-year-old, I understood. Yeah, 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 and I and I think it deserves this. Here, here we go. It's an airline story, so why not, Mr. Buble? Come fly with me. Let's fly, <laughs> I didn't let's know what it was. <laughs> I really should edit that down so the intro is not that long. A Georgia mom has slammed American Airlines for losing her twelve-year-old daughter when she flew alone from Tennessee to Miami. 39-year-old Monica Gilliam, a photography professor, blasted the airline after her daughter, Kimber. I've, I've never heard this name on a person, all right? I've got a nope. dog named Kimber. It's always Kimberly, never Kimber. But her daughter's named Kimber was not escorted off the plane, and she mm-hmm. disappeared. Oh, my. The youngster had been flying solo from Chattanooga to Miami last week to see her dad for a three-week trip. Her mother had forked out an extra $150 for her to be chaperoned through both airports and wear a badge, um, information, yeah. a badge, information, cabin crew. Um, uh, let's see, uh, for the cabin crew to know she was not an adult. But when she got off the aircraft, they simply smiled and waved at her and let her oh. wander around the airport before finally being found by her dad. Oh, oh my. Yeah. Yeah. Worst. That is, I mean, it's not the worst thing that can happen, but boy, it's up there. Mm-hmm. Hey, can you get that call, Mark? Uh, you, you're, you know, talking about, hey, yeah, my daughter's going to be gone for a couple uh-huh. weeks. Yeah. Hang out with dad. And it's like, you get a call and it's the airport saying, we lost your kid. Or you get a call from dad. She, she gets a yeah. call from dad. Hey, I thought you were sending oh. Kimber down. Uh, she's not on this. Yeah. I don't, I don't oh. see her anywhere. It's not like you can go to Scottsboro to that unclaimed baggage place and find your kid, you know? <laughs> liferadio.fm the Mark and Mac show you know it's a, a true blessing to do this for a living can't imagine if we had real jobs been so long Ugh. and think about it every once in a while when I've started the show off complaining saying I needed a break and it's like halfway through this I'm realizing wait a minute man really <laughs> this is what we do well right. it's not I, I understand it's not it's not actually this job that's <laughs> it's it, it's some of the other stuff that you've piled onto your day you really need a break from <laughs> Yeah, I know, but it's like, I just am so thankful that God has blessed us Mm. the way he has, you know, because you think about it, Mark. I mean, this doesn't stink, you know, I mean, in terms of a professional life where you get to do what you dream. Can you imagine? I mean, this in all seriousness, especially right now where we have so many people that are going through trying times. The economy is crazy. You know, the workforce is crazy, but I can't imagine what it would be like. To not choose the path your adult life was going to take. Mm. Yeah, you just fall through life. I mean, you get out of high school and you either yeah. go to college or go to work. And, you know, you, you don't ever decide, I would really like to X, Y, Z, right. you know? Yeah. I don't, I don't know what that would be like because it didn't occur to me to not do that. Mm. And, and I know there are some that don't, Mark. I know that. I know yeah. that some people wake, and I think this is why you have those midlife crisis and things like that where the wheels on the bus come off, you know, mm. when you're 40-ish. Yeah. 
Yeah. All of a sudden you realize, wait a minute, I got a mortgage. I got a couple of cars, got lots of bills and ungrateful kids. And, and what I, mm-hmm. yeah. and I hate my job. I hate my, I, you know, I can't imagine that. Yeah. So if that's you right now, stop and smell the roses and determine what you want to do for a mm-hmm. living, mm-hmm. you know, cause you can do it. You can change it. It's not easy. But I am reminded of the uh, Dear Abby. I try to get this in at least once a year just as a reminder. A guy is 40, and he says, you know, uh, to Dear Abby, I've always wanted to be a lawyer, but if I go back to, if I go to law school now, you know, it'd take me three years. And, you know, and Dear Abby's response was, well, how old are you going to be in three years if you don't go to law school? Yeah. You know, so whatever it is you want to do, go do it. It's not, Mm. you know, what you're the only one stopping you. Right. Mm. So what is it you've always wanted to do, Mark? Be a cashier to Seven <laughs> Eleven? No, no. And you Actually, were telling have, me how old Seven Eleven is today, I have, right? I have higher aspirations. <laughs> I'd prefer to oh, be the okay. night manager at Seven <laughs> Eleven. Well, now. Because that way I don't have anybody to deal with. <laughs> <laughs> Mark and Mac Mornings, only on LifeRadio.fm. LifeRadio.fm, it's the Mark and Mac show. And, you know, Mark, earlier we had the police chief, uh, the uh, chief that was missing, you know. and uh, <laughs> The police chief? Yes. Yeah, because, you know, you had the loose chief. And now we got a loose pig. And mm-hmm. I, I'm going to tell you that my brother, my brother Michael, I told you the Thanksgiving story uh, about a couple minutes ago. Yeah. All right, when Mike was in his first year of, of being a cop, um, he actually ended up in the back. We had these things that. They would arrive at your home every morning early wow. and it was made out of paper. And sometimes it had pictures and a lot of writing and it had, you know, news of the day. Yes. And it was how we got information, you know, wow. and it was a newspaper. And so there was a big newspaper article about my brother, Mike. And again, if you need more info on that, uh, go to a li- well, library. Okay. Um, <laughs> go find your great grandma and ask her what a newspaper is. Okay. Anyway. So they did this huge article and it said pig shoots pig, you know, because there was this pig had gotten crazy and gone into his oh, tearing man. up people's yards yeah. and Mike had to shoot the pig because the pig was attacking him. It was dangerous. So my brother shot a pig, you know, and anyway, wow. yeah, old McDonald was really mad about the, uh-huh. you know, morning, the breakfast meat getting shot on the yard. But anyway, so. Now we got a loose pig visiting an Illinois high school. Yeah, officials at an Illinois high school said a loose pig was taken up, had, had taken up residence. It's taken up residence on campus and has thus far managed to evade all attempts at capture. Mount Vernon Township High School in Jefferson County, Illinois, said in a Facebook post that the pig wandered onto the campus Thursday and took a tour of the school's exterior while officials attempted to capture it. The school contacted the local animal shelter for assistance, but the pig proved too elusive for both school employees and shelter personnel. The pig was last seen in the bean field next to the school Thursday evening. The Facebook post said, Officials plan to continue attempting to capture the pig and return it home. Wow. <laughs> you know, my first thought, Mark, was to get some people from Weight Watchers to come out and, you know, do a little hunt. But I thought, nope, that ain't going to work. You know? <laughs> <laughs> Ooh, 
liferadio.fm. It's the Mark and Mac Show. And hey, man, we have not had a Guinness Book of World Records story yet. So it's time. Would you please crank up the jingle? It's a major award. Shucks, I wouldn't have known that. It looks like a lamb. <laughs> a 72 year old woman earned the Guinness World Record as the oldest person to cross America by bicycle from north to south when she completed her 2,083 mile journey in 43 days. Guinness World Records said Linnea Salvo was 72 years and 27 days old when she completed her trip in San Ysidro, California, 43 days after beginning her journey. The cyclist previously earned the record for oldest person to cross America by bicycle when she rode from Oceanside, California to Bethany Beach, Delaware at the age of 67 years old in 2016. She also earned the record for oldest person to cross Canada by bicycle when she rode across the country at the age of 68 years and 340 days old in 2018. She told Guinness World Records, since my records are age-related rather than speed-related, I don't have to go fast, so I don't suffer suffer the exhaustion speed cyclists do. Salvo's trip along the Pacific Coast was only part of her larger project to create the GPS image of a peace sign across the United States of America. She said her peace sign project is dedicated to her brother, John Thomas West, who died at the age of 28 when his plane crashed in Laos. Wow. Salvo said uh, she's hoping her peace sign will eventually earn the record for the largest GPS drawing by bike subcategory individual. Wow. Yeah. Okay. You know what? I love somebody that has perspective. Okay. Mm -hmm. And pointing out that it's not about speed for her, you know, because her age actually is what makes it the, I love that. Yeah. See that to me is so cool because she's not justifying it, merely pointing out a fact that actually does have something to do with it. But still, it's a pretty remarkable thing. It really is. And she's been busy, too. I mean, look at all the other records she's done. Yikes. Man. Still, whenever I think about the world's largest peace sign, I'm reminded Mm -hmm. of the helicopter leaving Woodstock after the festival. Yeah. And they bagged up all the trash and made it into a huge peace sign. Yeah. Yeah. And I just think about riding a bike that much and makes me thankful I gave mine to to Hannah. (laughs) <laughs> life radio.fm it's the mark and mac show and you know mark we've talked about a lot of movies today mm. just we get in those moods you know we're both movie guys yeah um you remember the movie catch me if you can mm-hmm. um it was a spielberg movie starring yep. uh, leonardo dicaprio and tom hanks yep. all right based on the true story yes. of frank abagnale jr right yes well i remember when the book came out um in the it was the early 80s i remember i got a copy of it and i read it and i thought it was fascinating and when i saw the movie i'm like well you know like all movies it doesn't hold you know it combines situations and things like that because of the movie but still an interesting story did you know most of it's a lie really not just the con yeah not just the con that he you know allegedly pulled as a uh, pretending to be a, a pilot, yeah. a doctor, a lawyer, all that. Yeah, he was, like a, said, he was book, a yeah, he was a forger and an identity thief. Yeah, yeah, and he was a teenager. That was the whole right. thing. Yeah. Is he was a kid. But the bottom line is that you know the the book is truly fascinating when you read it because you're going, this is just bizarre, you know. And then you see the movie, mm-hmm. which again, the thing is, is now there is a guy. Um, he's an Irish uh, writer who actually investigated it because he didn't buy it. He's no, this, I don't think so. Huh. And anyway, 
um, it's a new book that says the lie, the con man's story is a lie hmm. that it, none of it holds up to any kind of, you know, scrutiny. Uh. And I'm thinking, okay, so what's, I mean, how do you get to the truth when the whole thing's a lie, right? I mean, everything about this guy is a lie, you know? And so no matter what story he tells you, it's a lie. Yeah. And the one thing that did get me in, in the book, he talked about being in prison, uh, a couple of different prison scenarios, you know, in Europe. And he was in one, and I don't know where it was. I think Italy might not have been, but it was, it was really horrible. He described Mm. in, in such a way that it was like, how does anybody survive that? You know? Yeah. And, and then he described another prison sentence, I think it was in Sweden or something where it was basically living in your own apartment, you know, I mean, uh-huh. with a lot of freedom. So anyway, I don't know what was true or not, but now I keep seeing this stuff about catch me if you can based on an entire line. I'm like, but that was the whole point. And now they're saying that the true story that Frank Abagnale Jr. wrote and became a celebrity over is actually all made up. It's uh, all one big lie. Wow. The whole, his whole life. And the thing is his life after all of this has been becoming a world renowned expert on forgery, you know, check fraud and then banking. And that's how he's made his living over the years. He lives wow. outside of Charleston, South Carolina, but he travels the world teaching big companies how to spot, you know, and, and stop fraud. Wow. So if your entire life is uh, built on a lie and you, you know, build it up so great that you're now the expert on fraud and even being an expert on fraud is a fraud. Hmm. I mean, do you, either you go to prison or you win an award. Yeah. Okay. That's the only choices here for this guy. And, and if you're wondering, what is this guy going to do now that he's been caught and everybody knows that he is basically his entire life is a lie. Well, he's going to run for office as a Democrat. LifeRadio.fm, it's the Mark and Mac Show. And just by looking at the title of this story, I have to wonder, is is this a stupid criminal story, Mark? Mm, I, it says, I man, man accused of second attack at the same Burger King. Mm, I don't, I mean, well, okay, he qualifies in a way. Okay. Yeah. All right. Go! A man, not just any man, who got impatient in a drive through line is accused of grabbing a woman's hair and trying to pull her out of her car at a Burger King in St. Paul, Minnesota. The same place where he stabbed a man three years ago. 45-year-old Jason Morales is accused of first-degree attempted aggravated robbery and third-degree assault in the June 26 attack on a 70-year-old woman. She was left with a very large area of hair missing from the back of her head, says the complaint. The woman told St. Paul police officers that she'd placed her order and pulled forward to wait for it. Morales, in the car behind her, got his order before she did and began yelling at her to move. She said she told him she was still waiting and that there was plenty of room for him to go around her car. Morales then allegedly came to the driver's side of her car, reached through her open window, grabbed the hair on the back of her head and tried yanking her out of the car window. He then drove out of the parking lot. When Morales was identified as the suspect, officers learned he is on supervised probation because he stabbed a man at the same Burger King in February of 2019. (laughs) Good grief. Talk about have it your way. (laughs) 
liferadio.fm mark and mac show just a it's a glorious day in the neighborhood right oh yeah we're good absolutely it is the air conditioning's working (laughs) as far as that you know we're good (laughs) boy oh boy the power's on (laughs) we're fine thank you okay so what are we missing i don't know I don't know what we're Oh, missing. a nap. Right. It was a nap. That's oh. what I all morning long I've been thinking, what is the one thing we both need? <laughs> and, <laughs> vacation nap. vacations and naps. That's what we yeah. need. Vacation. And you're thinking, naps, what do you do besides this? I mean, a vacation, <laughs> what do you do besides this? <laughs> right. Well, I mean, we got up and walked from the house to the car. I mean, and we worked up a big sweat doing that. Oh, yeah. Now, Dr- drove all the way here. You, mm. <laughs> right. So you think about how bad it is for us. I mean, we, we do talk about how humid it is here, but we in Alabama, we are not the sweatiest. There is no. a city that is sweatier than any city in Alabama. And people spend thousands upon thousands of dollars to take their family there to play. It's Orlando, Florida, the world, the, the sweatiest city in the United States of America. The website, mydatingadvisor.com, that's who you turn to for all things like this, I guess, ranked Orlando as the sweatiest city after evaluating the number of summer temperature, relative humidity days above 90 degrees, among other factors. The page compared 200 metropo- metropolitan areas, largest cities in the U.S. to see which city residents sweat the most. Orlando, Florida occupied the number one position on the list, followed by Corpus Christi, Texas. Third place went to Baton Rouge, Louisiana. Fourth place went to New Orleans, Louisiana and Tallahassee, Florida came in fifth. Wow. <laughs> and Alabama, where any city in Alabama, come on. <laughs> well, they didn't make the list, but maybe it's because we don't have as much tourism here, I guess. But yikes. I don't know. We got the World Games in Birmingham right now. And yeah, we do. We've got the the rebooted USFL champion. Mm-hmm. I mean, come on. Yeah. Birmingham's yeah. it's like we're like the junior varsity for everything, I you know? Guess, yeah. It's like Alabama, not good enough to be the star, but we're your <laughs> second place team. Hey, come watch the Frisbee championships and sweat with us. Life radio.fm, the Mark and Mac show. And you know, Mark. I, there's a story that's kind of bubbling under, but I, you and I haven't talked about it uh, on or off the air. Um, it's a story in New York City. You know, they've got a, in a lot of our major cities, we have um, district attorneys and prosecutors who just don't seem to understand that criminals are criminals yeah. and other people aren't, you know, and they keep cutting criminals a lot of slack, right? Yeah. Well, in New York, there was a uh, bodega worker. Guy is working a bodega, just trying to, you know, feed his family. All right. right. Um, he's sixty-one years old. Um, his name Jose Alba. Jose Alba was working at this convenience store. This is a bodega in uh, Harlem, and a woman uh, comes up to the counter to buy chips for her daughter. Her daughter's got the bag of chips in her hand, and when she uses her EBT card, it doesn't go through. Right. And you know, the Jose Alba is like, well, you. you you can't have chips without paying for them. You know, I mean, that's normal. Right, yeah. And the woman starts arguing with him about her card. It, you know, anyway, the long story short is the woman's boyfriend or significant other ends up attacking Mr. Yeah. Alba. Okay. Mm-hmm. Yeah. And out Mr. Alba defends himself by stabbing the guy, the, the criminal. Now the criminal's name, um, 
Oh, uh, Austin Simon. Okay. Austin Simon has been arrested some 27 times. Okay. He's got a lot of criminal stuff in his background. Right. Simon attacks the 61 year old guy and the 61 year old defending himself ends up killing the criminal and the DA in New York city has now charged the worker, the 61 year old bodega cashier Mm -hmm. and charged him with murder. Yeah. At first they had him in jail. The bodega worker, they had him in jail on a $500,000 cash bond or bail, you know, meaning you got to have 500,000 in cash. You can't put up a house or whatever. And which, you know, most people who work at a convenience store don't have that kind of Jack laying around. Right. Yeah. And so they couldn't bail him out. He spends a week at Rikers Island and finally they get the, they finally lower the bail. They finally get it down to a $50,000 bond, which means they could pay five grand to get a, uh, a bail bondsman to bail him out, which is what they did. But the thing is this soft on crime DA Alvin Bragg is actually charging Mr. Alba with second degree murder. Wow. That's so, crazy. And it's and by the way, it's on video. You can actually yeah. see all this. Yeah, and you and can see. And now there's multiple angles that are popping up. Yes. You're, you're seeing in another angle that I saw you like late yesterday, the woman who tried to buy the bag of chips with her yeah. her insufficient EBT card, she stabbed the guy. So she, wow. she actually attacked the guy. And, oh, by the way, a bodega, if you're wondering, it's it's a little grocery store that specializes in products from the Caribbean and Latin America. So it's a it's a little ethnic convenience store right. is what it is. It's called, a, you know, they call it a bodega. But but yeah. so she stabs the guy, and then her right. she goes and gets her boyfriend when she can't get her chips, and mm-hmm. he comes in and proceeds to pummel this guy until he reacts right. and in self-defense stabs him and kills him. Just so it's now just crazy. The worker gets and the worker is the guy getting charged. Yeah. So there you go. That's yeah. that's what happens when you let liberals, you know, decide mm-hmm. what's good and bad about crime. But again, a criminal, you know, dies in, in the act of doing what he does best being right. a criminal. Yep. And we punish the worker. It's almost like I feel like writing and saying, Okay, I tell you what, I will go serve the time for this man. Wow. You know? Hmm. Yeah. I, but it's a lesson we should all learn. You just don't elect crazy people. And over on the left, they're all crazy. LifeRadio.fm. It is the Mark and Mac show. And, uh, boy, I, I told you, I started the day complaining. <laughs> and I'm going to finish it you know, <laughs> complaining. But, hey, <laughs> I just, man. I, you know what I just heard in my head, Mark? Oh, no. What? It wasn't a voice. I mean, it wasn't like a talking voice. It yes. wasn't. It was a song. Oh, no. What? The Go-Go's Vacation. Oh. <laughs> <laughs> I, all right. Anyhow. Um, <laughs> you need to get, You need to get out of here. <laughs> yeah, I do. I, um, hey, police yes. arson investigation focuses on video of fire. Yeah, following a blaze Sunday that destroyed portions of the former Lebanon Catholic building in Lebanon, Pennsylvania, a police investigation into the arson is following up on leads that emerged in the aftermath via social media. The video shows two juveniles in front of a fire in what appears to be the former Lebanon Catholic gymnasium. A third individual filming the video was not visible in the footage, which was shared via several sources, as well as via public social media postings. 
The Lebanon City Police said in a, news re- in a news release, police have identified several suspects and have determined they are juveniles utilizing personal interviews and video released via social media outlets showing a fire being set within the building. So, wow. So I guess this actually qualifies yep. as Don't. stupid criminals because they, they videoed themselves committing arson and put it online in a bunch of places. Wow. Yep. LifeRadio.fm, the Mark and Max show, as we get ready to wind up today. <laughs> yeah, Mark. <laughs> you know, we we actually serve such an awesome God that yes, you and I do. can look at some of the craziest stories, you know, and, and just think, really, are we all breathing the same air? You know? Yeah. It just... Yeah, it doesn't I'm make you I'm getting to really worry yeah. about things. Because, mm-hmm. you know, yesterday I mentioned uh, this show that I have kind of caught on to um, on Netflix uh, about Skinwalker Ranch. Oh, yeah. And for years when I heard people talk about it, I I really did think it was some kind of a takeoff on Luke Skywalker, <laughs> you know? I, <laughs> I did. I thought this is just a made-up something. Yeah. And uh, it's not. It's a really weird place, and uh, I... I'm, uh, what got my attention is you've got a scientist uh, out of uh, Huntsville, Alabama. Mm-hmm. And so hearing him talk in the promo is what got my attention. Because whenever somebody mocks us being from Alabama, mm-hmm. you know, you and I make jokes about, yeah, well, you know, just go check out the rocket scientist up in Huntsville, you right, know, yeah. and stuff like that. Mm-hmm. And anyway, so you got this guy who's brilliant. I mean, he's a genius. Yes, he Yet is. he talks yeah. like you and me. Yeah. And it's just it's incredible yeah and they're finding some amazing things now i know that this show actually i guess was on a and e or history or whatever you know a couple years ago yeah um because you know history channel is not about history it's about let's just make up some ufo stuff because dave mack will watch it and so anyway I'm stuck, you know. I mean, it's like yeah, America, I know. So, yeah. And I here's the thing: I'm stuck too because I have to okay. see it every week. I have to, and well. it's 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 a crazy show. And they're finding out all all this. They see all this crazy stuff going on, but they never come to any conclusions about anything. You know, it's know. it's a know. it's a do. lot like the Curse of Oak Island. Yeah, that's <laughs> what I was gonna say. It's like you know. <laughs> That, and if you ever really want to waste your time, mm-hmm. realize that show's been on for however many years, and yeah. they still hadn't found it. You yes. know, all they, the <laughs> yes, curse—the only curse you've really found are the dudes digging. You know, and uh. it's their language. That's your curse, <laughs> right there. Wait a minute. Wait a minute. Kill this. Mark and Mac are back. The Mark and Mac Show, weekday mornings on LifeRadio.fm.